Welcome to the Minnesotan Podcast. Today we are joined with Mike Terwilliger, the new Eden Prairie High School hockey coach. We're going to learn a little bit about his vast athletic career, his tons of coaching influences, a little bit of his background in his professional career, and we'll hear about the future of Eden Prairie youth and high school hockey. Should be a great show. is a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire well twig how you doing today Good. How are you doing, Tony? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited for this one. There's a lot of meat on the bone here. Um, uh, I always joke, the older a guy gets, the more interesting their story <laughs> is, right? Uh, I interviewed uh, Casey Dornbach, and I've interviewed Sammy Walker, you know, 20, 20 20-somethings. There's not a lot to it once they get to college, right? You know, you've been through college. You've been through 20-plus years in your career, both professionally and in hockey. There's a lot to talk about, so it should be fun. Getting up there. Getting yeah. Up there, yeah. You want to move the mic up just a little bit? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, how's that? That's perfect. That's okay. perfect. All right, so let's start off uh, to kind of a get-to-know-you session. Uh, I, I just got done with it. Now I get to do it all over again with the with the uh, record, recording on. Um, let's go through the Twilliger name, first of all. There's lots of names out there. Let's knock one out right away and, and clear it up. Wayne Twilliger, the longtime first base coach, is not a relative. He's, he's Same nickname. He goes by Twig also. But uh, during the 87 and 91 World Series, his jersey was always on TV. And so my dad one day just wanted to figure out if we were related. So he called him up, and they went and had lunch. He turns out he's from Michigan. Yeah. And I think my grandpa Twig had some, you know, third or fourth cousins from there. So maybe if we wanted to really dig. dig. In, d- really dig, but he's a great guy, but no relation. That's yeah. funny. That, that's a great I, story about your dad. I love it. I, we'll think get- I, I think I get asked that about Wayne Twilliger probably every two or three weeks. Really? Yeah. All the time. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm glad I yeah. threw that out there because you threw it out there before the show. I was like, oh, that's it's worthwhile. But there are some Twilligers that had made their mark a little bit before you, um, your dad's brother's kids, right? Is that how I got yep, it right? my cousins, yeah. Your cousins. Uh, they had quite a bit of success, uh, whether it be in high school hockey or in college hockey. Uh, your cousin Dave uh, played at Edina and at the University of Minnesota, and another cousin Tom played at uh, Eddie Dinah as well. How much of an effect did those guys have on you playing hockey? Uh, they had a huge effect. So as as a young kid, I didn't grow up. My my mom and dad weren't big hockey buffs or anything like that. They grew up in small towns in western Minnesota and South Dakota. And here I, you know, I, I loved hockey as a little kid. But then my older cousins, who I looked up to and I still look up to today, really were these really good players in the Edina system. And then for really good high school teams, and and went to a lot of the games as a kid and watched the state attorney on TV and all that. So that that's was that's what we wanted to be. We wanted to be on the high school team, but I wanted to be what my cousins were. So you were probably like six or seven when your cousin Dave uh, played in the state tournament a few years. That was a pretty cool experience, I bet, right? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, watching those Edina East teams. And, yeah, they had, I mean, looking back now, you look at the rosters they had and all the great players. It was pretty neat. The associ- Here's a silly question. Was the association ever split east and west? It was for a while, yeah. Okay. East so when they had east-west, yeah. so like you're – 
Were you an East guy too? I was a Westie. You were yeah, a Westie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So All right. they were on the East side. My That's right. You're so Gleason, they, right? Near Gleason or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, All right. I grew up near Creek Valley. Yeah. yeah. So they, to this day, they still give me a hard time that I'm from the West side and the soft side of town, they'll say. So. Very soft. Very yeah. soft. Edina West, did they ever make it to state one year, maybe? They 74? did. They did. And they, uh, South St. Phil Housley crushed my, my, he stomped on my heart. So I was in 81. It was in so 81. So it was the last year before, before the they close. were split. And yeah. Edina West had a really good team. And Housley scored with five seconds left to beat Edina West two to one. But then the part that was really hard is they, on the next faceoff, Dave Frisk um, tied it up as time ran out. Can you imagine? And it wasn't allowed? And they said it was offsides, but we don't think it was. But anyway, so we were, <laughs> it was like the most exciting goal to us ever, right? And so they, they called it back. So the, the two one score stood. Really? Yeah, it's a great. I game. don't yeah. remember that. I, yeah. I now I now you got me, and then I'm about to go to RRR and kind of look that one up. That's a good one. Uh, okay, so you got these these cousins. Um, when did you finally play hockey at, at Edina? Was it was it kindergarten? Dad roll you out in mites or? Well, we lived. We had a pond in our neighborhood, and so I, between that and then Creek Valley. Um, they always kept up the parks, you know, nice, nice in, in the town of Edina. So I, in first grade, I, I was my first year on a Mite team and okay. played for Coach Ashenbrenner, and, and we were the, the Blackhawks and had a great year. And then in second grade, my parents said I was old enough. They allowed me after school to walk down by myself. And so, so the, I'd go to down. the park. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I just we either played street hockey or um, down at Creek Valley every day. So okay. That's all we did. Um, and your dad at this, mom and dad at this point, no involvement, maybe, maybe team manager. Not, not even well. Not even that. I don't even know if they had. I suppose they had team managers back then. But no, they were great and supportive. And my dad would tie my skates when I was young. When I was, you know, before I could tie them really tight on my own in first grade. And then second grade, I had to figure it out because I wanted to go down to the rink after school, and he wasn't home yet. I so, remember that. Yeah, I, I remember so the same figured thing. that out. But no, they've always been just great supporters of me, and were great. But there was, it was it was kind of nice growing up with. Now looking back with parents that didn't know anything about hockey, so and you're the only show in town hockey wise. Yeah, your sisters that you you grew up with didn't play hockey, right? No, uh-uh. they, they did a little figure skating and they yeah. did a couple ice shows at Braemar, but that was that was about the extent of it. And, and yeah. as everybody on this show knows, hockey starts it's a six month grind, so like it's almost half the year if you think of November through March. It's like so you're was there a little bit of that in your household, or like it's always Mike and it's always hockey kind of thing, or was did they kind of break it up with with your sisters too i think well i you know they always i was i always say i was a forgotten middle child and they always say i was spoiled because i was the only boy so it depends on who you talk to but no i feel like like uh my older sister kathy who's now my, my brother joe yeah uh, was an unbelievable musician so yeah. like we went to the piano recitals and all and that right the band concerts and all that and susan was involved with music and did some sports too so we would go to all of her things too so i think you know as i look back i think that it wasn't like Okay, we're all going to go to Michael's game. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty evenly. It felt even. With, yeah, with all That's that. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I think ha- Susan got the most attention out of all really. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the baby. <laughs> but anyway, no. So yeah, so it was good. So I don't, I don't think it. And it was different then too. It wasn't. Yeah, you know, we. I wasn't traveling around as much, especially at the young ages and stuff like that. So. I, in my house with five varsity, a varsity sport trumped everything. So if a kid was in our family was playing a varsity sport, everything drop everything. So if I had a peewee game, who cares? There's a varsity game. You know, it was just like varsity because it was you know that could be their last game or it was it was just seemed to be the most important part of it. So yeah, well, like I said, I, I remember going to 
um, you know, Susan was a, a really good singer, so she was in you know the, the concert choir. So I remember going yeah. to her, her concerts and all that stuff. So I remember doing all those things. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember them conflicting a lot. Maybe they did. I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't remember yeah, either. I don't, really I don't remember. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, big into sports. Uh, we I want to get this on the table right away. Uh, in high school, uh, you were a singles runner-up, right? As a freshman. As a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. impressive. That's like David Wheaton, like you know. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty good, right? I'm sorry to embarrass no, you. Thanks. I, he just got yeah. embarrassed if you couldn't tell. Um, and then your senior year, uh, you won state. And how did tennis, because uh, you weren't a country club kid, how did tennis become a big part of your life? Uh, well, I, I just I remember I learned from my parents. We just went down to the park a couple of times, and so I learned how to hold the racket. And 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 I had three or four boys in the neighborhood about my age. Who were buddies. they? Um, Charlie Afrig, who was a year older, who actually was a state doubles champ in 88. Yeah. He was a year older, but he was my first friend when we were th- when we moved in when I was three. He, yeah. He's my, been my buddy since. And then Scott Campbell, um, who lives in Bloomington now, but we, we're still buddies, and we yeah. mostly fish now. When we, But he was uh, he played at DePauw College. And okay. And we, we had another kid in the neighborhood, Brooks, who moved away. I don't know whatever happened to him, but he was really good. <laughs> and so the four of us played a lot. So, we yeah, so that, that kind of helped just a little competition. Then we had a garage I could hit on, too. And then I would take uh, this thing called Junior Green Team. It was like once a week where you kind of learn, you know, how to serve and yeah. hit something with topspin. And then – and I liked that. And then when I was 12, I decided to try to try a tournament and did pretty good and said, oh, let's try a few more. And, and that kind of took off from there. But just, I think, just having some friends that were about the same level and that we could go and have fun without a lot of pressure, that's kind of what, what got us all going. Yeah, so when you got to, like, high school tennis, uh, how, how committed was, was – I mean, Dinah, did they have as good a record in the boys as, as, as the girls have had over the years back in the Not day? as – the girls won at, like, 19. So my yeah, wife was, was – uh, my wife, Kara, uh, is a really good tennis player and played in college. So really? she was on all those Edina teams or a bunch of them, but they won, like, 20 years in a row or something. Yeah. But we, we were uh, – I was lucky to be on some good teams, so we won – state my sophomore junior and senior year our oh team really yeah so it was yeah so it was great wow now you're so. dropping medals on the table here <laughs> we've got a hockey title coming up too right so anyway yeah so it was it was uh yeah so it was a good program to be be a part of so there's a lot of good good players now was there a non-country club and a country club rivalry maybe like guys who's who had access to interlock and redina or some of those clubs or was it you didn't matter once you got there. It didn't matter. Yeah, there was a couple when I when I was a freshman. I and there was a few of the better seniors were went to were members of a country club, but you know Scott Campbell wasn't, Charlie Afrig wasn't, I wasn't, and then Paul Odland wasn't, and he actually lived around the corner and he was a two time state champ. He was older than me, yeah. So he was a a junior when I was a freshman and and was a terrific. But anyway, so like so so right there is five five of us that weren't that weren't. Yeah, yeah. I think most of the team wasn't. Yeah, I just because yeah. that's when I think of Edina winning, I just think of oh, just well they have all these kind of built in. Not to say advantages, but there's just access to a lot of different tennis and there and a lot of time, free time to, to play. So, uh, okay, so let's switch gears uh, to hockey. Um, you probably had a fairly typical hockey career, meaning uh, you grew up in Edina, and there were probably kids everywhere playing in Edina in the 80s. I mean, hundreds by the hundreds, right? I mean, probably bigger then than it is even today, right? I think there's probably more. There might be more kids playing now than then, but it, it felt – I know there was definitely a lot. I don't know what the numbers exactly were. Yeah. But there was always – there were, and, and 
again, back then there was always a game you could find at, at a park. And Creek Valley was one of the better parks, I think, for games. So I was lucky there. But Lewis Park always had good games and Normandale and Arden. You know, so, so you could always find a group of, of kids. And, and how, how they grouped it in mites is you kind of played with your, your neighborhood or the kids that live close right. to that rink, which was cool. Did you guys so. have, like, an in-house, like Duluth still has? Did you have, like, an in-house mite championship that was – they did, yeah. Probably played was, at Braemar too, right? It was outside all year. Oh, it and was, then yeah. And then if Playoffs your team got something? to like the final, yeah, I remember our team never got that far, but Charlie Afrig's team went and won the championship. I remember riding back with his mom, cranking tunes. Cause we were excited <laughs> for Charlie. <laughs> he won the, the the city champ, but, uh, but yeah, you didn't skate inside a whole lot, so a little bit at the end of the year, but most of it was outside. And then you had uh, in Pee Wee's, you said you know it became traveling. There was did you say there was two A teams? So were they I, evenly balanced eight teams? Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my, I guess it was my, then it was my second year of peewees because the birthdays were different, but I was a sixth grader, but they had a two peewee teams. Yeah. Okay. So. And then a, a B team or two B teams? Two B teams also. Yeah. So basically in Edina, only f- 60 kids played traveling. Everyone else played in-house, right? Yep. And then they had a good, really good in-house well, program. Explain to, you know, the younger kids here what in-house hockey is. So they would just. Divide the kids up, and I'm not sure how they evaluate us, but try to make the teams even and kind of try to group And they played only Edina kids? And they played, those those kids only played Edina kids, which right. is, and when I was my first year Peewee, I got cut from everything, from right. the top four teams, so I didn't even make a travel team my first year Peewees. And, uh, but it was good, it kind of fueled me and made me work, but we were just put on a team with a bunch of buddies, and we just essentially played kids, other kids from Edina that got cut from the other teams too and kept skating and playing. This is a good time to... In, insert this because it's kind of a Minnesota hockey topic. You and I were at the the you know some of the heated discussions this weekend, and Minnesota hockey does a great job. And I think one of the changes they made, and it was when you and I were back, and it was like I said in the mid to late eighties, they made this change where you're talking about yeah, it was when I was in sixth grade. I was the same way. You were a December birthday, I'm a November birthday, so I would always play. My peewee, my squirt years were what third and fourth grade, yep. right? Yeah. And when I was in first year peewee, I was in fifth grade and sixth grade, just like you, right? Would that be yep. right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bantams was seventh grade and eighth grade, right? Yep. And some, you got that and extra some kids year. were eighth and ninth, but yeah, if you yeah, were on the most kids on the one side like, of it. Yeah. I always joke, yeah. Dave Snuggerud, who's two years older than me, but we would play Bantams. We played against each other every other year yeah okay. and he was yeah. a man literally yeah. <laughs> and i was a little boy compared to how because he was in two years two grades older than i was yeah it just was it just was physically but somewhere somebody finally figured it out at minnesota hockey because it wasn't the high school league i'm sure but minnesota hockey figured out say hey we of all these ninth grade boys with really no place you know to play yeah we need to do the they move the birth years to july 1st or something like that and then the, and then what happened was the eighth and ninth grade boys were not taking up spots or the ninth grade boys weren't taking up JV spots or sometimes varsity spots and they were continuing the development. Do you remember those days? And you actually were a product of that. You got to play that ninth grade year in Bantams. Yeah. So the, the birthdays used to be like that when I was in eighth grade, then ninth grade, they changed them. So I got to play a third year of Bantams, which was fine. When that was announced or when it kind of sunk in that you weren't going to have to go play midgets or whatever, did you like that concept or were you like, well, partly what helped probably to not have a big reaction was my parents were just like, okay, you're going to be a Bantam again. So there was no discussion like, oh, are you going to die in the vine or anything like that? My hope was as a ninth grader, I wanted to make JV. Right. Coming out of, so I, that was my goal and all that stuff. But then it was like, okay, you're playing Bantams again. Well, well I'm like, well, great. Now I get to play with my buddies, JP and Matt Crow. You never got to, right? Garvin. Yeah, these guys that were – that. Um, 
that some of them were the same grade, but they had enough. Their birthday was a little bit later, so I never got to play with them second year of Pee Wee's or Bantam. So, so we just found the positive in it. But uh, <laughs> it was so that was the year it changed. But it was definitely for the better because it kind of just made it more. So it's just two grades of kids playing. I loved it, yeah. and, that, and the two grades of kids when it used to be three because it yeah. spanned over two years, right? It was just really awkward. I, I just remember being in seventh grade playing bantams with ninth grade kids and it was like i felt like a fish out of water half the time because of just puberty and maturity and all those things and and being a freshman at southwest and watching all my ninth grade buddies that were born on the other side of or in the 68 side instead of the 77 67 side yep. they were just having the greatest time in the world and i'm just struggling you know and yeah. on the other side so i thought when that rule changed i'm like they finally did something right. I just remember that was a good. That was one of those discussions and probably some. They called it Maha back. Yeah, then. Maha. There yeah, a- definitely <laughs> a good, good decision. But yeah, it was good. It, but yeah, but probably kept more kids playing and 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 with their buddies, which is what it's you want. So funny. You work for Minnesota hockey, and I love when I hear the word Maha. You yeah. know, like wow, are you are you just going old school now? Because it hasn't been Maha for at least. 20 or years, at yeah. least 20, 25 years, right? Yeah, that's right. Do you get yeah. a chuckle when you hear Maha? Yeah, every now and then we'll come across an old magazine or program or something like that that someone will send us from the office. What was, it, what was it? What was it? What was U.S. Hacking before? It was like Amer- A-A-H-U-S, A-house, right? A-house. Yeah. A-house. Yeah, 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 I remember that. That's another. Yeah, we're going way back. Way yeah. back here. All right, so um, let's go to the 88 state championship here. Number eight in 88, right? That was what the T-shirt said, right? You're going to win your eighth title. Yeah. Um, I remember a few of the kids. I mean, I bet bet Tommy Nevers was on that team. Um, Go through some of the players on the team, how you made it to state, who you beat in the state final. Just kind of give me some of those straight from the top of your head memories from that year. Well, we had a a really great captain, Rob Copeland, who was a senior. So I was a junior that year. He did a great job. Did he go to Notre Dame? Played at Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. His son Ben's a really good player. And uh, so Kopi was great and just included everybody. And just, I think, so I think set a nice tone that way. So we were, we had a lot of seniors that had been in the state tournament the year before. We got the state tournament in 87 and got crushed yep. by Ken Jernander. And yep. anyway, so. so and that wasn't a great team, that 87 team. No, about a 500. Well, let's not be too harsh on them. I mean, they played in a really good conference. Yeah. And, I mean, yep. Jefferson, Kennedy, Richfield, they were all yeah. pretty deep. So. Yeah, but not probably as, not didn't have a super strong year win-loss-wise, right? right. But yep. then we got to the state tournament, and then so a lot of experience was coming back in 88, and we just had a lot of depth. And Nevers was Tommy Nevers was our leading scorer as a sophomore, and he broke his wrist in practice with, like, 10 games to go or six. Really? Games. And so, anyway, and so it was it, – it could have, I think, gone both ways. And so Eichela, Coach Eichela and, and Coach Larson just – they even more relied on our depth. And so we rolled pretty much three or four lines. We rolled four lines in the state championship game. All four lines scored. The fourth line kids scored two goals. So who is that? Who is the fourth line guy? Robbie Morris. Okay, scored two goals. Yeah. So I mean, so we we uh, but we we were in good shape. We worked hard. So after after that happened to Tommy, which stunk because we felt bad going to the state tournament without him. Yeah. Um, such a good teammate and guy. Um, we just kind of banded together and we didn't lose a game. The rest. Oh from, really? From there on out, yeah. So that was in section was final. Of, was it Minnetonka or Armstrong? Uh, Minnetonka. Armstrong in the semis. Yeah, they, they were good. Re- they were really they were really good. good. They really waxed good. us during the year. Three zip, and I don't think we touched the puck. Really? All, oh yeah, they were Travis Richards. They were really yeah. good, and, and so we were, you know, we were, felt fortunate to get by them in the semis, and and uh, and then you know we had a great goalie, Matt Bertram. 
who was undefeated in three years of section play, ten and zero. So really, you know, so that helped. That's I heard he's a pretty there. nice guy too. Yeah, really good guy. One of my best buddies. Um, <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Oh yeah. One we, of the best. We today Total beauty. Like, he's awesome, Birdie. Um, and so, and we had. I mean, like I said, we had. I think we had four guys drafted off that team that people don't realize. Who's that? Uh, we had John McCoy. Big okay. John McCoy. Um, Matt Henches. Yep. Who's like. He said he was six five. He's almost more like six nine. Yeah, and people that want to be six nine. So right. He was. He was uh, huge. He was drafted. Noel Ron. Yep. Was drafted as well, and then Tommy Nevers was drafted. He so, was drafted in NHL. Yeah, hockey and baseball must be nice. Really. And we had seventy. I believe you. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I all I think of is first Isn't round Houston Astros. That's all I think yep. of. Yeah, the, I think it was the Penguins drafted him. But yeah, we had we had seventy. Um, I was lucky to make the team because we had seventy that that went on to play college hockey, either D1 or D3. Yeah. So our seventh D, just think of that, that didn't get to play. In, play co- so anyway, yeah. so we had a lot of depth, I think, which worked to our advantage too, and we just were tight. And was Birdie the only right – who was the other goaltender? Uh, the the backup was Andy Jones. Okay. Year, All right. Yeah. Um, uh, before – and I know we'll get in a little bit of Eichelot talk here when we get to your coaches and coaches' influencers. Just, the list is so long. Walk through – what it was like. Cause I coat, I played against the Dino a few times and it was just like, you just look over at that hat and you're like, we're already down two goals. Cause the hats here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> felt like it. Right. <laughs> Maybe it was the green breezers. I'm not sure. One of those two things is, is it's mesmerizing. What are your takeaways from coach Eichla? And do you have any today that you kind of still use today as a coach? Yeah. Well, again, at the time you don't realize how lucky you are, you know, playing for him and, Bart Larson, and, and then Bob O'Connor was the JV coach. So Ike was really good, I think, just at getting us to, to play as a team and to be unselfish, and the team was the most important thing. And, right. you know, if I'm a D, my job is to make my partner look good. If I'm a forward, I want to help my line mates out. Right. And it doesn't matter who scores. You know, it doesn't, you know the, the more we're all in it for the right reasons, the better we're going to play and be harder to beat. And he was really good, too, about he'd say, you know, every night, he'd, a couple of times a year he'd just talk about it doesn't matter what your dad does or if some, you know, like – Little if things. There's, if there's a puck out there, you just win the battle. You can be hungrier, win those races. So, so a lot, of, a lot of those things. I think he just instilled in us. And then he was really good. I think at finding roles for guys. Yeah, keeping it simple. I remember getting called up as a sophomore with about a month left in the season, and nervous. And he just said, "All right, Twig." And he knew my cousins, so that helped. Right, but so yeah, he knew yeah. my name at least. I was excited. He knew my name, and he said. A twig, you just wanted to move, you know, make a good first pass. You're here to move the puck. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's all. all I got to do. I just got to break the puck out. That's good. So then I just kind of like calmed me down. Like I don't have to do a million things if I can just kind of play smart and and do this, well, these one or two things. So I think he was really good at that. Um, curious, because um, it's a different age, you know, the internet now. Um, I remember within the last 20 years, maybe it was the last 10 years, just doing some research on him as a player. And I don't, I remember him just as Will Eichla in the 80s. He was a great hockey coach. I didn't know that he had won four state titles. I didn't yeah. know how he won a bunch of national championships. That, uh, I didn't realize he was on the same team as John Mason. Some of these things you can't really piece together when we were kids. Where would I have gotten this information? No one would have given that to me, right? Yep. Did yep. you know this as a kid, that he was a great goalie and a great player yeah you did but he he number one he's really humble and he's right still, he's so humble so he didn't talk about himself i mean it's just there's and oftentimes you're on you're in the rink a lot so people sometimes that love to talk about themselves half the time they 
probably didn't do that. Do much. it. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah. like, and it gets tiresome, right? So he was just, he, he almost had to pull stuff out of him. If he, he never would really talk about himself or all the stuff he did. But yeah, we had an idea, but not to the extent, I think, as I got older and he right. know, was in the Olympics and <laughs> a, a stud at Michigan. And yeah. obviously they were unbeatable in high school. But he never, yeah, he, he didn't talk about himself a lot, just talked about. Did he ever say John Massage at all? I don't remember. <laughs> Isn't I, that yeah, weird? Yeah, like, exactly, or, yeah. or Johnny Matches? I mean, like, these are like legends that yep. he played with. Yeah. You know, the best, you know, or at least from that yep. era. Quite a humble right. guy. I'm yeah. just curious. I'm yeah. like, I, I don't know. I'm in the, if I would have been in his locker, I'm like, well, that's pretty cool, coach, that you played at Michigan. Or you yeah. probably knew he played at Michigan. Yep. That was probably it, right? Yeah. We knew, well, you knew he was a, a legend from Eveleth. And, yeah. you know, if you read the program, you'd see all these records he had or their team right. had. Right, and then we knew we. Oh, you mean the state tournament? You read the state tournament program? Yeah, that was like that was like that's an encyclopedia. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, so funny. Now they don't even sell a program. You got to like scan it or something now. Yeah, I love those. Oh my god, I read every page. My favorite part, and maybe this was yours too. My favorite part of the state tournament was reading the brackets for the next year. Okay, when we make it to state, we're gonna be playing region two. Oh, gosh. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, and and then like the that's 80s, the only place so you could find it was there. The '87 state tournament, Kennedy won it, and they were they were loaded. They were a, they were a wagon. They were yeah. great. They were fun to watch. And so, but we were bummed out as a fan because they were on the same side as Greenway. Greenway, so they had to play in the semi. So every now and then, usually it worked out the best. To, but you get some matchups. It was like oh, it's so it was nice when they went to the seating. Yeah, it's it. for yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll never forget, I was dating a girl, sophomore year of college, and she's like, we're going where? I'm like, Kennedy is playing Greenway. She goes, what's Kennedy? What's Greenway? I'm like, they're the two best teams in the state, <laughs> and we're going out to Bloomington. I asked her, and I we already drove out and bought tickets ahead of time. She goes, you did what? I'm like, yeah, 3 o'clock, tickets open. I got two of them. You're coming with me. She goes, really? We're going to a high school hockey game? I'm like, yeah, if you're going to date me, we're going to go yep, to yep. some great Can't high school hockey that games. That's a good one. That was yeah, a good one. Yeah. And, and Greenway won nope. on a really funny. Kennedy won. No, 87. no, in the in the this was over Christmas. Oh, over it was Christmas. in December. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. It was yeah, December. yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the only yeah, team. Greenway was, yeah. It was yeah. the only game Kenny lost that year. Mm-hmm. And think about what they had to go through in in uh, late conference play. That tells you how good gauntlet. they were. Yeah, yeah, total yeah. gauntlet. All right, so we got the state tournament. Uh, this is a fun one. I got. I learned this one th- this afternoon. Um, you were, you know, Mister Humble. You were offered a scholarship to play tennis. At the University of Minnesota, was that probably a full scholarship too? They didn't hand out a lot, right? And turned it down to play college hockey. Explain the decision process of playing, you know, playing college tennis or playing college hockey at St. Lawrence. Well, I, I was walk well, through just kind of the I progression because that was probably the fall of your senior year when yeah, fall my coach gets offered you at the U. Yeah, and I and, I, and my parents didn't even go to me with the, to the meeting, and I just. I got home and, and my parents again. The, to their credit, were just always low key about my athletics or all that stuff. Right. And so, um, so what do you say? And I told him what he said or what he offered. And what did you say? So, well, I think I want to see how hockey goes. I I I like hockey. And you more had than no tennis. offer at that point, right? No, uh-uh. from St. Lawrence. No, no, I didn't have any, didn't have really any interest at that point. But really? I, yeah, I thought okay, I'm gonna yeah, you know, playing on a good team, we're gonna go far. I'm gonna have a good you know, I, I'm thinking all that stuff. I'm gonna you know, something's gonna work out. So yeah, but. Yeah. So, at what point did you decline the tennis offer before your St. Lawrence offer? No, I think I officially did once I once I decided I was going to St. Lawrence. Okay, then so I you kind of hung on to the the tennis 
call it a safety plan, right? Was it a safety plan? Maybe? A little bit, yeah. yeah a little I bit. mean, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. But yeah. All right. So, so then the St. Lawrence, when did the St. Lawrence thing hit? Was it after the state tournament or before the state tournament? It was around Christmas. I was going to say. We, we played um, Grand Rapids, a game against Probably Grand at the Met, right? No, actually at Braemar. Okay. And I didn't think I played that well. I got walked by John Brill. I still remember <laughs> it. And I, and I was like, I don't even want to go back to the bench. Eichel was staring me down. And then we had a power play late in the game. And Mike Hineker gave me a pass, and I fumbled it to somebody who went down the breakaway. Bertram saved my bacon. And Bertram's going, what are you doing? Anyway, so I was like not – I didn't think – we won the game. Chris Lindell scored a goal to win it. We won 4-3. Yep. Anyway, so I, I'm a rain, like rain man with a lot of stuff. Anyway, I love so it. I, think, I love and, it. And then a couple days later, I got a call from one of the St. Lawrence assistants saying he was there. And at first I thought it might have been a joke because I – like to Played play so jokes. bad. I like to play jokes on my teammates. I thought somebody was trying to get me back. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and at that time, St. Lawrence was number one in the country because they beat the Gophers in 88. Yep. If you remember that at Lake Placid. Yep. Pete Lappin scored a hat trick to beat the Gophers in the semis. And yeah. kind of know who's St. Lawrence, right? And so then they I, end up runner-upping, right? That yeah, year. Yeah, they lost to Lake State in overtime. Yeah. Hit the post. I should have really. Played. Yeah, Russ Mann hit the post. They still talk about it <laughs> in Canton, New York. I was but, gonna say Canton, New York. We're yeah. gonna get there in a minute. But uh, so anyway, so the, uh, so I got the call, and then it just worked out. We had an open weekend to go out for a, a a trip out there in January, and actually Noel Ron, who was drafted, and he ended up playing at, at St. Cloud in Wisconsin. He started at Wisconsin play. though, right? Yep, started okay, at Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, and great teammate and. Uh, he he and I flew out for a, a weekend trip. The weekend they're playing Harvard, who had Lane McDonald and yeah. won it that year. So it was like talk about a yes. good weekend to be out there. And, and the place the barn was packed. Yeah, it was yeah. packed, and it was I was I, I loved it, and I loved the coaches, and said this is where I want to go. So that's cool. That's so. really cool. Okay, um, and so that was Christmas then, right? Yep. All right, all right yeah, good. Right, right. right around so, Christmas, so, New Year's. So you had a secure – so it wasn't like you sloughed off Coach Getz for four straight months until uh, you went – a lot of times, as you recall, a lot of times kids would go uh, scholarshipless, and then they would have a great state tournament. Yep. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the next week, you'd read in the newspaper. Well, my cousin Tom, who was a great – who was on the 84 Edina Championship team, and he uh, had an unbelievable state tournament. And was just a man child. Anyway, and he would he that helped him get his his deal at Miami of Ohio. Yeah. So back then, college coaches would go to the state tournament and they would find kids. I'm so. Totally drawn a blank. There was a kid from Minnetonka. I can't. It was the '85 year, who just exploded at, at the at the state tournament. Either '85 or '86 or '80. No, it wouldn't have been '86, but '85 just exploded. And, and you know, next week you open up the newspaper. This yeah. kid commits to Michigan. I was like, "What in the world?" Yeah, you know, Things I had never heard of him. Slower then, yeah, yeah, and it yep. just it could just happen. That state tournament was, you know, one for the ages as far yep. as you know, turning kids into scholarship athletes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So now you go to Canton, New York. Where is Canton, New York? I'm guessing it's upstate somewhere, it's right? Kind of on the backside of the moon. It's it's uh, about a half hour from the Canadian border. Okay. About an hour and a half west of Lake Placid, a couple hours north of Syracuse. The biggest town it's near, or the city, is actually probably Ottawa, is about okay. an hour, which is a really beautiful And town. how yeah. far from Potsdam? About 10 miles. Oh, so they're really close to each yep. other. So no wonder they hate each other so much. Are you talking about Clarkson? Clarkson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They yeah. hated each other, right? We do. Yeah, that's the game. those are the two games a year you want to win. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's kind of like Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan. That's kind of what I imagine yeah, it to be like. They have a great program, but yeah, those were those were uh, those were some good battles with Clarkson. But yeah, that, those are the ones you wanted. To and do were like. they good when you were there? They were really good. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They made the NCAA's a couple times. Oh, they when did. I was there. Yeah, we made it once. Yeah. So they were. It was. It was. Uh, Good games, for sure. Uh, the reason I think of that, I, I knew that you guys were close. Or you, right when you said Ottawa's, I was interviewing Josh Hauji, who's now the new coach, a Rousemont kid, is at, at Union. Yeah. But when I in my podcast with him, he talked about his recruiting base was Ottawa. Yeah. For for Clarkson, he goes, yeah, they're just it's it's way easier. You got these kids; they they know who we are. It's close. He goes, getting a kid from Minnesota is like you know you know, rope in the moon if we can get a kid to come all the way here to play. Yeah, you know, they've got so. a couple out there now. they got a kid, St. Louis Park, Mobley's out Mobley. there, and Hyder from Maple Grove. Very but, good, uh, very good. Yeah, there, and there's a couple on St. Lawrence. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah so yeah, so that's good. They've so, a few from Minnesota. Few. I probably ruined it. After they got me, I probably said, what are we, let's not go out there anymore. <laughs> that's I enough. I doubt that, I doubt that. All right, so what is Canton... New York, like, I mean, is this, is this a, like, a smaller school, like a Gustavus type of atmosphere, it's or is couple, it bigger uh, than that? It's or? a couple thousand, a little over yeah. 2,000. Yeah, oh, so, so it's, 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 it's like that, then. Yeah, and I liked, I wasn't sure how I liked the small town that went out there. I loved it. So it's a town, I think it's, it was like 6,000. Okay. When I was there, so there's not a ton going on. But and the college kind of feeds the town. I yeah, guess. there's a yep. lot of a lot of activity around the college, and the town supports. They have a booster club that, that supported the team uh, really, really well, and so it was great. And so that that was we always kind of looked at that as like teams would go there and be like, "What?" And like thinking like, "Why are we here? Like, what's, right. what do you do here?" You know, and like, but we always had really close, tight knit teams. I think that's part of it. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, loved it. So we talked about coaching influences. You know, you think Willard Eichler, like, can it get any better than that? I mean, your coach Marsh. I was doing a little research today. Four hundred. I can't even count. Four hundred wins. Uh, Penrose, two-time Penrose. I mean, this is this is one of the greatest college coaches. If if you start listing him off, he's going to be in the conversation. If you have top ten coach, uh, division one coaches of all time, yeah. Wait, he was the was he the guy on the phone that called you, or when did you no, first meet him? The the guy that called me on the phone, believe it or not, was Pierre McGuire. Oh, I which is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, so he was there my freshman year as an assistant. But so but when I went out that weekend for the was trip, was Pierre the to, one watching you too? He was the one at Braemar watching us. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, oh, this is good. I think they wanted Nevers and Dan Plant, so I think that was they were trying to get one of you know one of those deals where they yeah. get this kid. But anyway, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. um, but so I met Joe that weekend when I was out for the the. The recruiting trip, and he okay. was, yeah, just he was just an awesome guy. Just players loved him. Really, r- very different from Eichler, who was Yeah, like, I was gonna say, what was the difference? Marsh is a character from Boston, and so like Bobby Orr, the best ever. I mean, like talks <laughs> like that, and really intense. But like he, what I I guess I learned from him is like nowadays the big words culture, right? But yeah. Like he was like back then they didn't I don't know what you called it, just hey right. we're a tight team. But he was really good at, at caring for his players and creating a, an atmosphere where you felt like you're a team and, and if he ever wanted to get after you, if he was upset with it, he wouldn't do it in front of the team. He'd call you in his office and you know, so he just he, Praise in public, criticize private kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, and he and just little things like so like it's a small town. So Saint Lawrence after every Friday and Saturday game you had to go down to the booster club at the St. Lawrence Inn. And you like, did, yeah, and and go and out hang up, with the team, hang with them, yeah, and the, so like the the a lot of the fans were down there, and you'd have a piece of pizza or a salad, and then you'd sit and visit with the guy that's like a dairy farmer, right, or whoever, whatever, right? yeah, yeah. 
And if he found out, like, and it's it's good life lesson. So you see, you get your teeth kicked in on Friday, five to one. You don't, you just want to you feel don't sorry for yourself. Yeah, and you want to be a whatever. Go feel sorry for yourself and go. Well, you had to still go down there and show your face and talk and shake really? people's hands. So that was just again. You look back now, it's like life lessons and those those important things he was huge on. So if he found out a guy didn't show go up. down there, yeah, that he was upset. He didn't like that. So. <laughs> Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, one guy I just happened to sneak a peek at on, on one of the rosters was Greg Carvel, uh, national champion coach at UMass. Um, and before that, where was he? He was he was at St. Lawrence before that. He was at St. Lawrence. Yep. Okay, so he left the the uh, alma mater to take yeah. the uh, the hockey East job. Yeah. Um, and he was a classmate of yours, like came in the same year. Tell, talk us a little bit co- about Coach Carvel, what we might not know about him other than his wins and losses and national titles. He's a really good friend and a good man, so I'm not surprised to see him. He would have been successful whether he wanted to run a hedge fund or you know right. run the public works at a town, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. So, um, But he was, yeah, so we got Where was to he know from? Him. He's from Canton, so he okay. was the, oh, the hometown no hero. No way. All-American guy, 4-0 grade point, I think 4-0 close, and he um, – Went to school there, you know, at St. Lawrence was the captain his senior year, you know, All-American, you know, yeah. defensive forward of the year. So just got, and then he, w- he worked in the NHL for a number of years after college. He played in Europe a little bit and then, he, and then worked in the NHL and then came back to St. Lawrence. And I think we all kind of thought, oh, Carvey's probably going to be there for the 20 rest years. Of his life. And he 30 looked, years, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he got an offer, you know, pretty neat offer at UMass. And so it's fun seeing him build that. And, w- and we still talk and it's, and it's really fun hearing especially when he took it over, they had five wins and how he was just about talking about just their culture and, and character kids. And that's what they're focusing on their values and that. And that's what's fun seeing that breed play success. out. Yeah. 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 So he's, so they're trying to do it the right way and it's, you know, producing some pretty good results. Oh, some but of he's, the players. He's a, he's just, but he's a nice guy. He's humble. He's very, he's very smart. He's, he's a very smart, intelligent guy. And all that. Do, you, but, do you talk to him? Stay yeah. in touch with him? What would yeah. be, a, what would be a typical reason for you guys to talk? Um, if they have like a big win or something like that, I'll send them a text or something really? like that. When I was considering the, um, Eden Prairie job, I called him, you know, to talk oh, to him just really? about, cause it was kind of similar just, and we'll call him bounce stuff. a few years ago, like my first year coaching, um, at Jefferson, we had, uh, I just had a couple players. I just was kind of like, what, what do you think? Here's what I'm thinking we're doing or what? And so it was just bouncing stuff off of him. So he's really, been, yeah. So he's been great. Oh, and that's then just really I picked cool. his brain too when I started at Jefferson just about um their culture stuff and their values and how um how did you get that to be such a big part of your program and 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 how did you change the culture how did you yeah um how did you know cuz you probably want to keep a few things right that maybe were good but how do you also make it your own and put your own yeah. stamp on it so oh, that's cool yeah. so you do talk to him that's pretty yeah. neat that's yeah. pretty neat uh I uh, do you see him maybe moving on from UMass to maybe a an NHL or I don't know. As you see his name, you know. Yeah, everywhere. You know, you know around for some of those jobs and openings, which is kind of natural because he's having yeah. success. I don't know. He's got a really good, a really good deal going at UMass, and I know their their AD he really likes. And it's a great he's, town. I mean, good, Amherst. His <laughs> wife's from there, so he has really, family. yeah. So that 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 helps, and his and his family's happy there. And so I, you know, you never say never, but right. you know, there's only so many of those NHL jobs. But yeah, yeah if he did it, I think he would do great at it. But I could also see him staying there. All right, so I, I wanted to just go back one name here, uh, a, a guy that I grew up 
uh, he, he, uh, when I worked at Minicata, there's this guy, he's pretty quiet, just, he had Popeye forearms, uh, hit the ball a mile, great high, great college, was he played college, I don't know if he was played college hockey, he was just like one of these really athletic guys, played golf with him quite a bit, hit balls with him a ton at the range, uh, hopefully my boss from Minnesota isn't listening, um, but <laughs> he was a great guy, and he happened to be one of your coaches, John McMorrow. Tell me about his impact, and I know that you've taken some things from him as well as a coach. And what team did he coach you at Edina? So he, um, I was lucky to be coached by him when I was in eighth grade. So at that time, it was my second year Bantams right? Bantam A. There was no Bantam Double A, so it was whatever the the top team, whatever. And so he yep. he was the the coach with a guy named Todd Neeland who was another Edina East player who played at Harvard. Yeah. And Where, then, did, did Mac play somewhere? Mick Morrow played at Providence. Providence. So okay. He was really oh, that's good. right, with Lamarillo. Yep. So he okay. was a really good player. But he was, guy. he was so positive. So I, I just, I, I had so many good memories. But I thought he just, I just remember, like, from the start of the year where I went to the end of the year, like, my confidence just soared under him. And he was just such a positive guy. Like, you, you know, I could, and, and he just wanted you to try stuff. So as a defenseman, that was good because sometimes you a lot of times you want to have the puck working up the middle of the ice or, you know, use a center breakout and you try it and it worked great. If it didn't, hey, what were you thinking? Good idea. Try it again. Don't worry about it. Really? Or I, and I was obsessed with doing Bobby Orr escapes that year. <laughs> so I was practicing them at Creek Valley. And so I would try to pull them out in games and sometimes at the wrong time. Right, right. yeah, but, yeah. Oh, good idea. We're, all right, hey, try it again. No no big deal. I mean, nice saucer. Try it again. Wait, you know, so he was just – always like that so I just I learned a lot from him because he was really smart but I just remember more than anything how positive he was yeah and, and everybody loved playing for him I'll never forget I would drive over the hill uh to pick up the range at Minicata and when if he was there it meant that I was going to get off work an hour later because I was going to hit balls with him pick his brain about golf whatever hockey yeah. we just talked about he was just a really enjoyable guy to be around and when you said how positive he was I'm like that's John McMorrow. He's a good person yeah really good it's yeah. so funny you connected with them later in life like through Facebook or something yeah, what's he years, doing today he's uh he's been like a scout for like Vancouver and no done way. a few things yeah but he I, I somehow found him through and I messaged him and her just to let him know like because you don't think of it at the time like to thank people as much as you should right and to be appreciative and like he just and I was I was reflecting as as I was um coaching here these last five or six years on a lot of people that have had an influence on me. He had a huge influence and I was like, he's someone I don't see. I haven't seen, I'm going to try to find him. And, and he, uh, luckily I found him and just tell him how much I appreciate. Yeah. Him. I did the same with Wiz Wyatt. And now, you, okay. now, yeah. now he says, yeah, I can't walk anywhere. People know my name because there's this silly award we do about him being a multi-sport athlete, a great leader, and obviously went to Harvard. So he had kind yeah. of it all. And I wanted to name an award. I didn't want just some big, PB award winner. I wanted it to be have some meaning behind it, where it was like, yeah, that was my youth coach, and a lot of guys' youth coaches touched a lot of lives, and these are the kind of kids that we want to award that aren't just great hockey players. Yeah, these coaches, and so many youth coaches we have in Minnesota, we're so lucky that do it for little to nothing, nothing. right? And the and the seeds that you plant, and sometimes you don't get to see them. 20 or 30 years down right. the road, right? So, yeah, so McMorrow planted a lot of seeds. Yeah, no doubt about it. People. All right, so we've gone through that. Uh, talk about your – I want to talk a little bit about your professional background. Uh, most people know that you're a teacher for 17 years, um, and all the while, while you were teaching, um, you uh, – were coaching as well. So walk through the where you coached and and how you got into teaching a little bit. Uh, well, I started coaching in college my junior year. Uh, so I, we had a, 
I had a booster family, the the Bullocks, who I'm still friends with today. Really? That, that took care of took care of me, kind of kept an eye out for me since I was from a, a long ways away. And then if my parents came out, my dad actually drove out 19 times to watch 19 play. times? Yeah. And he'd drive straight back and make work on Monday. So, But they would let my parents stay there. And then my my uh, roommate was, was, actually, was Pat Verbeek's younger brother. Yeah. Gerard Piggy. So I saw that Piggy, name. In we there. were yeah, Piggy yeah. and Twiggy. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, so... So Piggy's booster family wasn't as so they kind of basically adopted him. So like right. yeah, so they were just awesome. So I they had a son Matt who was in Peewees at the time. So I started helping out his team and loved it. And then after college, just helped out a midget team, helped out a Peewee team. Yeah, did that for years and loved that. And then in in uh, like around ninety five ninety six, actually got hired by Lee Smith to help coach the the junior the junior varsity, which was great with a good friend of mine, Dave Anderson. So so um. Talk about that. Let's let's talk a little bit of Lee Smith because you now replace Lee, Lee Smith. Uh, what was Lee Smith like in 1995? I'm guessing um, he was a little bit more hyper. A little bit. I mean, not that he wasn't hyper, but I bet he was just more more gung ho. You know, he, you know, when you be the more mature you become, which Lee Smith. I met the mature Lee Smith. Talk about who the the younger Lee Smith. What did he look like? A little bit the same, a little bit different. Yeah, probably. probably well, at first, it's an honor to replace him, right? I mean, he he built Eden Prairie hockey up to where it is today. So yeah, and he gave me my my first shot. Um, he was a lot of fun to coach with. So yeah, so a lot of energy. He he uh, he poured a ton into the kids. So just I think that never changed. Yeah, you know, like that. And kids always know have always known that he cares about them. Um, he, I think he was probably a little more like all of us, probably a little more energetic. You know, I, th- I think as time went on, um, and some of it's just maybe age or having some success. I don't think he let little stuff. You know, I think he, he let the little things not bother him. Not that right. they did a ton of, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he, yeah, and and because he's such a good coach and such a good tactician, and all that. So I think he's, hey, here's what we're gonna do, and we're gonna do it really well, and we're not gonna worry about you know, what they're doing as much. So I think that that just kind of probably came with me. So I, I think I noticed that um, maturation maybe in him. But, no, he's always been a really good coach. Like, And, and I would say a lot of the, the, the intangibles never really changed. Did he ever him. tell you about Pete Oss, playing for Pete Oss? Not a, not a ton. Did uh, you know he played yeah, for him? I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just yeah. the Pete Oss. I, I got to do yeah. a Pete Oss, like, uh, tweet someday. Because, like, <laughs> Josh Hauge played for Pete Oss. That's right, yeah. And some of these other guys from – that played at Bethel, it's crazy. I mean, you look at Garrett Van Bergen and Brad Frost. I mean, you could just Chris Carroll. I mean, the the list that have played for that, uh, including Lee and obviously Davos, but the, all these guys that played for Pete, it's a pretty amazing list. So every yeah. time I hear these names, you know, like, 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 you know, you talk about, uh, Elise Smith, how this one guy just kind of just planted all these seeds, yep, kind of yeah. like Johnny McMorrow, yep, right? So, for sure. um, okay, so. You get that job. How long did you at serve as the JV coach at, at EP? I think it was probably about seven years. Seven years. Yeah, seven or eight years. And then, and then was a varsity assistant for a number of years after that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that was, uh, which was which was a blast too. So I did the JV with Dave Anderson, who's still a good friend of mine. We had breakfast last week. He's no longer coaching, but okay. he was an EP alum. And, and, then, uh, and then a few of those years uh, was with Bertram too, with Birdie. So we, really? were, yeah, we were doing the JV too. So that was that was fun too. Coaching with one of your best buddies. Oh, so. I bet that was fun. Yeah. So and then on the varsity assistant, how long were you the varsity assistant there? Uh, I think it was three years. Three years. Yep. Yep. Okay. So like o two to o five, something yep, like right that. Right in there. Yeah. And now yep. you start having kids, right? So did you yep. stop coaching at all ever? 
So I was still coaching as far as like I was doing the rookie camp in Eden Prairie and, 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 doing a, and doing a little twigs, you know, summer camp and, and helping out with some different clinics and things like that. But I wasn't, um, and I was a mite development director for a couple of years in Eden Prairie. So yeah. still coaching, but kind of when, when our second, so Charlie's our, our 18 year old son, a senior. And then when Alice came along four years later, a couple of years, I, I geared back a little bit. I always call yeah. it the dead years. Yeah. Like people like I'm on doing our, our high school hockey podcast. Yeah. I'm like, oh, because I, I had kids in 00, 02, and 04. I'm like, yeah, between 04 and 08, there was not a lot going on there. You know what I mean? Busy. As far as yep. the state tournaments and who won. Like Aaron Ness, when was that? 08? Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I had three it's, kids under four. I'm like, that was not, yeah, you in know. the thick of it, yeah. If you're a decent parent, you're not coaching a lot of hockey. So you know, it's, you're not. Uh, just the way, yeah, just the way it worked, it, it was better to to step back a little bit for a couple of years. But I was still getting my fix, like I said, with doing some of the camps and clinics and still feeling like I was contributing to EP hockey. So one of my years. favorite things this dawned on me during the pre-show was was this little twigs thing that you ran from like ninety nine these summer camps from ninety nine to 2015, 16 before you joined Minnesota hockey. The kids you're coaching now are probably little twigs back in. Would it be 09, 2010, yeah, yeah, right? They would have been yeah. like their 05, 06 type kids now. Would have been like, yeah. Or, yeah, or rookie camp. I remember Teddy Townsend starting rookie <laughs> camp at age four. He, yeah. was, he was even good as a four year old. Yeah, and we did we did this thing for a few years called Eden Prairie Might Day. I wanted to call it Hockey Night in Eden Prairie, but anyway, but it was an outdoor thing um, at Round Lake, and so the, oh, all, nice. the, all the Might teams played out. It was great, and so his older brother Charlie Townsend was. Oh playing. yeah, I know was him a, well. He was a good player, state good. champion. He was a team manager on that state That's championship right. team. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, but anyway, so but like Teddy was like four or five, and he like wouldn't leave the rink. He was just out there. So it's kind of fun now to reconnect with some of those kids I knew at a young age because I feel like I've known them, but at the same time, I I don't know them that well. So that's be fun. yeah. Fun were you there the early years and yep. yeah? Probably funny thing is you probably coached them all, but all you probably had is the first name on the. Yeah, well, the I'm helmet, just glad right? I didn't, well, it's always just—I mean, I take a lot of pride in in those. Those are important positions, I think, in associations or communities to get kids off on the right foot. Yeah, and when you see them skating later, whether they're in A, B, C, or Doesn't whatever, matter. I agree. They're, you you didn't scare them away, right? Because <laughs> you can, you can have, a, you can, you know, a, a coach like I used to love. My favorite sport was football. I thought I was going to be the next Chuck Foreman or yeah. Sammy White. <laughs> and then I play, and I and my first. I I wore forty four, by the way. Just yeah, so did you? Know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but within within about two years, I went from being my favorite sport to I don't want to play because of a coach, right? Because of a couple of coaches, yeah. yeah you know, and and, and maybe I also realized it wasn't gonna be Chuck Foreman, but still, that had a big effect on. Right, so that's yeah. Right. So I'm glad they're still playing. Well, that's kind of cool. So we do have enough time to talk uh, about your current job and and what you're going to be taking on in the the job with with Eden Prairie. Uh, I think you get a great job. Probably one of the coolest jobs in hockey. You get to basically shape and mold uh, hockey here in Minnesota and Minnesota hockey. For th- those don't know, they, everyone thinks you guys have millions and millions of dollars, but if they had so much money, they only have three full-time employees, you, Derek, and Glenn. Talk about what you guys tackle every day. Like you said, you were cut and pasting probably uh, 54 rosters onto the website today, right? That was, that's a yeah, day in the life of Twigs well, and Derek and, and Glenn, right? So, yeah, so there's actually four employees. So Kathy Hayes. Oh, Kathy, too, she, yeah. So yeah. She, she runs the finances and keeps the book straight, and then, on Glenn Andreessen's our executive director, and then Derek Ricky is marketing, and and he's yeah, so and everything, it, and every yeah, yeah. So and he coaches. He's the head coach. He's still head coach. He's not head coach in this year. Oh, he's not. He's got, had a second second son thing. Talk so, about yeah. that. 
So child still, rearing days, he's right? Skill, he's doing skill development up there, like a Monday night. So he's yeah. still he can't get it out of Gets his out, system. Well, you gotta get out of the house too, right? So I love I just love working with with Glenn and Derek, especially, and just it's it's nice working on um on on, on our community based model and trying to keep it strong and trying to do things to improve it. And there's always something to do with only three of us you know, out there in the rinks and things like that. So right. I'm primarily involved with programs and, and some different events and things like that, but there's always something to do. And, and Derek's great about if I need help with something or, you know, so we all kind of help each Good other. Good team, right? Yeah, A little bit of sure. what you learned from Coach Eichler kind of yep. processes to work yep. in Minnesota hockey, I would bet. Yeah, big team, little me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go through that a little bit. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'd love to talk a little bit about uh, where do you see the future of community-based hockey? Is it strong? Is the future strong? Well, we had record numbers this year. So we had over 5,000 girls, which is amazing, right? So that's the most we've ever had most in the country, over 19,000 8Us. So that was a huge bounce back, especially after COVID. Yep. So the number, but but we want to just keep not only growing the game, but also doing a better job of, I think, making it more, uh, our culture more welcoming to to, to yeah. other cultures, right? So that's yeah. that's that's important, and that's and that's really important in any area of life, right? In any area of work nowadays, or any sport. So we're, so we're, that's a big focus. It's for a retirement project of mine, by the way. Is it? I'm okay. going to take on an all team of color and build them from beginning to end there i just think it's the yeah. coolest idea like that's something no i want to do something that nobody's ever done mm-hmm. and that's something that can happen i mean there's just like little programs out there that you know where they dabble like no this is going to be full sponsor full all in let's let's if we're going to include people let's go after it and include people well we got right? something on the girl side right now the unbounded yeah. by meredith lang yes is, is doing a great job and, and a lot of other people um nikki nightingale and you know yeah. but but um uh, where it's an organization where they've got um, two teams of all players of color and the coaches the same. So it's, it's awesome. tremendous. Yeah. So it's, so it's, those are the kind of things that, that kind of give me oxygen and help me, yeah. you know, help, help get me to work and get me excited for work and doing things I like that. I bet it's not so, hard to get excited about working in no, hockey. No, uh-uh. Not yeah. at all. Not there at are, all. you know, people with my job too, you know, it's really exciting. You're involved with hockey, but. You know, there's lots of stuff in the background that people don't see. Um, are there any of those downer moments where, like, ah, oh, this is just it, it taxes you? Because I got plenty of them. Where it's just the, the, it was um, the the year of COVID that was challenging. I was yeah. the COVID contact for the state oh, because gosh. our president Steve Olheiser is doing a great job, and yeah. Glenn, our executive director, were getting inundated with calls and stuff. And and that then not that they mind responding, but they were getting swamped. And plus, there's a lot of things to just do, right? Yeah. Like how do we survive this? And I'm, so, hey, Twig, why don't you be the the COVID contact? So I was the point person for the oh. association. So I got um, that was a challenge. I liked it. I mean, I, and I met a ton of great people on the state, and it's always amazing to me in our state. Like again, our problems in Minnesota, like the rest of the country, would. Kill, kill for yeah they would kill for them, right so but um it's um, like every association or community has got like a handful of people you're just like you're unbelievable you're yeah like the, the work you do so i got to meet them but it was it was a challenge like i got um Any, yeah, i got worn just, down just, by just some put people the word put covid in and i get it yeah and it was like yeah well, i'm not the one making the laws it's i'm just Trying to work with, the, you know, anyway, so, you know so that was a, that was a challenge. That was a challenging couple months. I know I want to talk a little bit more with you, but I'm glad you brought that up because um, one thing that I got and I really liked uh, about Minnesota hockey during the thing, during the COVID, was you guys were pro player, pro family, pro hockey, and it felt like government agencies. You guys aren't a government agency. 
felt like government agencies, even the high school league to some degree, were kind of anti-hockey. And I'm sure you felt that, right? And if I go, well, I know when I go to Minnesota hockey, I talk to Glenn or Twigs or those guys, they're going to want to do whatever they possibly can to keep the, the, keep the, the rinks open. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we were just we, that was our we want well keep kids safe. We want to make yeah. sure they're safe and working with the Department of Health and a lot of obviously now it's we know a lot more than we did two years ago or a year and a half ago. Right? I'm not so saying I, we were you guys were saying and, take and, masks and, off or anything like that, but no, it was just like but, whatever we can do possible yep, to keep kids on the ice. Like, and, yep, let's do so it. We were yeah, we're I felt that, that way too about you guys, especially not, not to get too much into it. But when the whole Chaska thing came out, and Minnesota hockey said, "Well, Chaska can do whatever they want." Or whatever the state tells. Remember that whole yep. thing? And it was like yep. March of 2021. Yep. It was like, yep. that was the day I was like, I knew all along you guys wanted to do that and you wanted to work within the parameters, but like we were pro hockey. Yeah. yeah. And that was the best. Yeah. That, would so, be, that was good. But yeah. So probably being a first grade teacher, second grade teacher for 17 years probably set me up good for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty yeah, patient. But yeah, that it, was, it tried it my patience did. a few days, but all that's right. okay. So we got a few minutes left here. Let's talk a little bit about Eden Prairie High School. Um, you're replacing a legend. Uh, you've talked a little bit about that now. Um, have you felt the weight of that yet uh, in the first few weeks of being the head coach of what, you know, the big shoes you're fitting, filling with, with Lee Smith? Well, I, yeah, I, uh, I'm not going to have to worry about passing his all-time wins record. Right? <laughs> right, so that's just, that's off the table, so there's no pressure. There. Right. So, yeah, I mean. Let me see here. You're 50 years old? 51. 51, yeah. If I do yeah. it to 110, maybe, maybe. he has a lot of wins. Maybe yeah. a lot of wins. I still yeah, remember yeah. his 200th win, being yeah. on the bench for that, when yeah. Nate Hansen scored an OT. But anyway, um, against Edina, the after-school special, the script couldn't have been better. Right. But, yeah, I, I think that there's different – the conversations I'm having have been different than in other places I've been, right? And that's, yeah. And that's good. I mean, it's a good thing. It's a nice problem to have, but it's also – it's just it's just different, right? So you can already tell the expectations. And we've got a, a really nice group of kids. Um, there's some good talent there, too. So the expectation or the hope is, hey, let's – you know. We want to. We want to get to St. Paul. And we want to win trophies. So I that's, don't know. It's funny, and you know, I'm sure you know the 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 P the Bantam AA team that did so well this year. Yep. I would argue, you know, everyone talks about the the Townsend Crowley, you know, that group, you know, the sophomore class that that's you know that won Peewees when they were in seventh grade. But I would argue this class coming in, this ninth grade class coming in, is as strong as that group, and you have two of them merged together for the next two seasons. That's a pretty exciting time for you. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, like I said, more than anything, we're excited that we've got a good group. We got a good group of kids. You know, yeah. like that's all I hear about as I'm talking to people. And some of them I know, and some of them I don't really know. But I've heard enough about them or seen them play a little bit this past year. I know it's a good group of kids. So excited about that. Anytime you, some of your better players or your better people. Yeah. Right, your best people, that that's a good recipe, right, for a good team and a good culture. So, so, so what will Eden Prairie look like? Will I mean, from a, I mean, he uh, Lee casts such a die on on his schedule, on the types of hockey they're going to play, the coaching staff. Uh, tell me who the coaches, your, your assistant coaches are going to be, the the JV coaches. Do you see a big diversion from you know the Lee Smith Eagles versus the Mike Twilliger Eagles? Well, so first, it, sorry, it was, that's a heavy question. Yeah, no, that's fine. No, no. so the it, it was hard leaving Jefferson. I I've, I've loved it there, and and the the staff of six I was working with, or the a group of six was really close. Yeah, and so that's hard. And I and I love what we're doing there. We're doing a lot of good stuff with the association Inc. and with Josh Levine, and so I know that's turning right. I think it's right, turn. So that was hard, but um, 
I, I feel like we've got a really good staff. And so, like, in Minnesota, again, if, if you're coaching maybe in the hills of North Carolina, it might be maybe Tough. you only have a handful of people that know hockey or something. Right. So you got to take – there's a million people in the state that know X's and O's, but I want to make sure we've got good people. Yeah, that care about kids and our kids first. So our our staff is going to be ter- terrific. So the the guys from the last staff that are still there, Joe Krumpetich. He's going to stay. He's going to stay. Okay, and he's tremendous. Uh, and then Tom Gertis. Okay, the so mayor. Crump, so Crump is going to head up JV yep. and help out some of varsity. And then Tom Gertis yeah. is called the mayor. I call him the yeah. mayor. He's yeah. the mayor. I mean, so, literally, he walks. Yeah. I mean, everybody he knows everybody yeah. in the city and. He's been there for so long. He's yep. he'd be a great asset to your staff. Yep. And I taught his kids. I taught Luke in second grade, and I had Jake in first grade. So oh I've known him for a while <laughs> on a different level, which is kind yeah. of cool. And then um, Dan Molinar, okay, P alum, was on the nine oh nine and eleven teams. Yep. Is, is coming back. He's helping yep. with varsity. And then Connor Clark, who was at Jefferson with me, yep. longtime Minneapolis coach, and he's he's a kind of a legend too. He's he's a great guy. He's so, a legend in my mind. Yeah. I don't know about anyone else's. Yeah, but, he's a, uh, he's a great. I think he's one of the best coaches. Like. You and I chatted offline a couple weeks ago, and I was hoping he would apply for the to take your job at Jefferson. Um, and he his response was just so classic, Connor. He goes, "You know what, Matt Elson's became a good friend of mine, and I don't feel didn't feel compelled to compete against a good friend of mine. And and the opportunity at Eden Prairie is fantastic. I mean, yeah. that's a that's who that's who yeah, you're getting as a Connor, guy. And Connor cares about kids first, and same with Dan and Gertie. So that's that's great. And then both, I got to show a video yeah. of you once of Connor Clark doing a rap. Okay, he's I a rapper see, I too. I want to see it. It's, yeah. it's it's classic. He's a every kid loves Connor, and you've got a winner there for sure. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and then Bill Sawyer's going to do the goalies on both teams. Yep. He's he's a great friend. He's actually from Ogdensburg, New York, which is by Canton. Really? So, yeah. So we we talk about upstate New York a lot, which is kind of fun. And uh, and then Marty Mielli is going to be assistant. On Stop JD it, with Crump. So yeah. So we've got a good staff. No and, way. Yeah. So Mr. Hockey Guy. Yeah, Mr. Hockey Guy. But yeah. But again, I, great so, player too. Yeah, very good at St. Yeah. Cloud State. And, he and, might be the best player on the staff. Well, it doesn't take much to beat me. You know, Connor still skates him. Is it Crump? I don't know. He's had a couple back surgery. He can still get around. And that's but, a good staff. Some yeah, good hockey Molinar, players. Yeah, we'll, we'll do all right. Connor's got yeah. a state title. You got a state title. A lot of winners too. Yeah, but, Molinar, wow. So, but yeah, so I, I had, um, I didn't know Marty. These kids are lucky. Yeah, that's a good lucky. staff. Yeah, really good staff. Um, and are going to treat kids the right way, and and uh, and I think we're we're just going to, like I said, be all about having a, a, a positive culture and a positive atmosphere at the rink, and connect with the association. And uh, we're going to work hard. We're going to push our kids. It's not going to be easy, but we're they're going to like us, I think, and they're going to like the 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 atmosphere that we that we're going to promote. Let me just follow up on that. I mean, from the schedule perspective, do you see? Do you probably see yourself in the in the. Uh, in the, in the Edina tournament, you probably see yourself yeah. kind of doing a lot of the same thing because one thing Lee never did, he never really had a soft schedule, and you probably no. want the same type of absolutely, yeah. So I was fortunate, I stepped in, and the schedule's done, and it's it's going to be un- it's a great schedule. So so that's going to prepare us well, and and it's just more fun if you're a kid, if you're a player, those are more it's more fun to play in games like that than to have ten gimmies. right? So it's so you better be ready every game. So that's going to be terrific. I I like to keep that up. I mean, so I want to keep that tradition going as far as having a hard schedule. 
Yeah, do you so, know anything about the uh, Champions Cup that'll be coming to your building? This That'll be your first two games as a coach. Do you know yeah. anything about it at all? I mean, that's well, not one of our events. Yeah, so. yeah, so we start off with Hill Murray, I know, so that's... <laughs> yeah, that's how, welcome yeah. to the, yeah. you know, number yeah. one team in the state, maybe, one one or two in the state. Yeah, you know? Lechner's a great guy and a good, I mean, so an unbelievable coach. So it's going to be fun, and, and then, then, we, you get and then we have Creighton. Creighton. Yeah, yeah, so... Welcome. Right, right out of the chute. Here we go. But, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, but I know our, our, our kids will be and excited about that. And you get to play at home, too, so it's going to be fun. A little home cooking, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, so Lee did a great job with the schedule, and, and uh, you know he's put the program in a position where it's you know he's probably had a, the pick of the litter a lot of times with games too, which is yes. nice too. So, um, but yeah, we definitely want to keep that, that tough schedule moving on forward. Well, I'll have you. We'll have you five games on YHH this year because the three over at the Hockey for Life, and yep, that's gonna be I'm good sure I'll too. see you plenty of other times in between there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I had a blast. I wish I had more time. Uh, we could have probably gone two hours uh, digging in a little deeper here, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on and learn a little bit about more about you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good talking to you. Mike Twerliger, head coach at Eden Prairie High School.